What's up? What's up, guys? It's Mickey, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. To start off the morning, can I just say, hi, Belgium. Welcome. Everybody, let's welcome Belgium to the BK family. Shout out to whoever listens to me in Belgium. Tell more people in Belgium to listen to me, and welcome, welcome, welcome. So happy to have you here. See, I told y'all, I'll be noticing y'all. I'll be noticing the other states, the other countries. I'll be checking. I see y'all. Thank you guys, whether you're in the country, in another, in a different state, in the same state. Thank you guys so much for all the support. Love you guys. Yes. Thank you guys for starting your week off with me. What a vibe, right? (laughs) And if you're listening during the middle or end, still a vibe. And thanks for hanging with me. All right. So let's jump into it. Student loans. Yeah. We're starting the episode with student loans. Don't turn it off yet. We're not, I'm not going to be on my long rant for long. I just want to give an update. So if you listen to some past episodes, don't know the name of where I have touched on it because I think I've touched on student loans a couple of times and about how the debt should be wiped out, blah, blah, blah. I'm just here to give an update. So as we know, and I'm sure as we've heard by now, and if we haven't, breaking news, Joe Biden is going to cancel some debt, not all debt, some debt. And I don't even think we were beginning as much as he is doing, to be honest, or getting it at all. So he could have, as we all know, he could have done up to $50,000 erasing that amount of debt per bar, especially federally with the stroke of a pen. He did not. Cool. That's okay. Um, I think the amount he's doing is 10000 if you didn't have a Pell Grant, 20000 if you did have a Pell Grant, but there is a income limit. I want to say it's 125000 I might be quoting these numbers wrong because they're not directly in front of my face. So always go back and check. But And then they're also supposed to be changing some rules to the amount that your bill can be and based on income and a whole bunch, a whole bunch, a lot, a lot of stuff. Okay. So there are a bunch of people extremely upset about it. Some feel like I paid, so everybody should have to pay. Or if they didn't make the cut for the income limit, they're mad because they're like, you should have canceled mine too. Now, I will be the first to say he should have just wiped out 50000 for everybody with the stroke of a pen because it was possible and he should have just used that power. That's my opinion. If I had that amount of power to free people from that amount of debt and all I have to do is sign my name, I would do it. But, you know, he could be worried about the repercussions politically and this and that but either way people are going to be mad like you did this amount joe and people are still mad so imagine really helping people out and freeing their burden um yeah it would have been a win-win for me but i'm not the president so i can't make that decision and again he did more than i even expected him to do so there's that there are people who didn't make the cut, they're mad. There are people who it's not enough, they're mad, which understandable. It's it's really not enough Um, if you've collected interest. If you even finished a four-year degree, nine times out of 10, it's not enough, especially if you did four years at, you know, like a four-year college. If you went to community college, smart. If they had what you needed at community college, I still highly recommend go and then either transfer into the two or if you can 
somehow figure out how to never have to go to a four-year university while it's still this expensive, don't go. That's my opinion, unless you really, really need it. Because when I think about how over, I think I read either between 70-80% of college used to be covered by the Pell Grant and the Pell Grant barely paid for my books when I went, I was like, holy shit. I listened to people from back in the day. They'd be like, oh yeah, I like paid a hundred dollars a semester, books included. That wouldn't even touch my books per semester, okay? One time they charged me almost $3,000 to take a class online that they only offered online. Just an extra three grand because I totally have that amount of money. Because if I had three grand just to give to take a web class, I definitely would choose to give three grand to this university, right? No. Anyways, so before I go off on my long tangent, I just, there's a point to this. He could have done more, but I'm still happy for the people that it does clear out, that it does wipe out. And for the people that it even just helps take some of the debt off. Like the amount of debt that you go into to get an education is highly unnecessary when they brainwash you since the beginning of times and your parents to be like, hey, it's either this or McDonald's. And then you graduate and you'd be like, damn, McDonald's not looking too bad, huh? Because, I mean, it's still not the best, but at least they are free to live their life without all this debt strapped onto their back. You know what I mean? Um, the whole mentality of I suffered, so you should too, is stupid and sickening. Or I struggled, so you should as well. It's just so dumb. Let people win and be more mad about the fact you even had to only pay not only pay for it in the first place but the fact that the price you pay you were scammed highly highly scammed because it was overpriced and the white house did the right thing i don't know if some of you saw when they um joe biden responded to a reporter first and then the next day the white house started tweeting out when all these different senators and different politicians and some republicans started coming out and uh criticizing the fact that he was canceling any amount of debt and this ain't even the most that he could have done but any amount of debt and helping people in any way they were criticizing don't don't let the lower class have to pay for it don't do, 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 do. now all of a sudden they care about the lower class when they don't want to sign laws to help the lower class to get better health care education um different benefits housing food now you care right so the white house was did tweets where they were clapping back and um they basically quoted the amount of money that was forgiven for their PPP loans. And let me tell you, they didn't have to pay shit on that back. They didn't have to pay nothing on that back. They weren't complaining and yapping about the lower class and the middle class paying for it then. And those amounts are double, triple, quadruple of what some people's college education debt is. And some of those businesses, we don't even know how legit those businesses were for them. We also didn't even know how hands-on involved they were for some of those businesses. For most, most, I want to say literally 99% of the people who, you know, have this college debt, they either finished and congratulations to them, or they didn't have the ability and the luxury to finish because of how much it costs, which is just scam, 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 scam. Don't even get me started on capitalism. I'm not going to go into my rant. So bringing it home, listen, it's a win for some. Let's celebrate. And there's still more work to be done. We know that. 
I would highly encourage everyone to look up all the details in the plan. It's even supposed to help with payments. And remember that student loans are paused until January. That probably was the biggest relief besides an amount of debt being canceled as well. Even though they didn't really do that for us, they did it so they can get their shit in order. I'll take it. (laughs) Okay, guys, the next thing I want to talk about is this trend that's going around called quiet quitting. First of all, it's the name... I'm not a fan and I'll explain why. So have you guys heard of quiet quitting? Did you see it trending a couple of weeks ago? And I am curious on what your thoughts are. So here are mine. Employees are saying that they're only doing what's in their job description, basically, and they're not working on tea. These are some different things that I've seen from it. Employees are basically not going above and beyond. They're doing the job that's in their job description. And employers and stuff should not be calling them outside of work hours or requiring them to stay longer than their usual allotted time and different things of that nature. And it's kind of getting like a bad kind of like connotation around it. And it's literally from, I think, the name of quiet quitting. First of all, over half of these employees aren't technically quitting. They're still staying at their jobs. You know what I'm saying? They're still staying at their jobs. They're just not going above and beyond. And I honestly don't have a problem with them not going above and beyond. The problem that I do have is the name of what this is being called. Like quiet quitting is shifting the blame back on the employee. Like, oh, let's put a negative connotation on the employee when really the problem is the employer, these companies, these jobs, right? Because number one, like I said, in majority of these instances, they're not quiet quitting. And the generations that have been coming up, all right, the younger generations, we don't have a problem with quitting nor announcing that we have quit. That's like one of the things that we're known for, right? Not staying at jobs too long, knowing our worth, knowing our value, requiring that we be paid more because capitalism is a freaking scam. So I don't like how the blame is being shifted back on the employees. It's the jobs. It's the jobs that have a problem. Um, Because why would a person, period, want to go above and beyond for a company that doesn't respect them, that doesn't value them, that doesn't pay them enough? Like livable wage back in the day used to be like, oh, Okay, I make enough money. I can pay all my bills and maybe buy a house. Livable wage these days is like maybe, maybe not a bill to get paid, but at least I'll possibly have some food to eat. Like what? Livable wage is not what it used to be. You can't live off of the quote unquote, you damn sure can't live off minimum wage. And nobody is even, I'm not going to say nobody, but I'm going to say 97% of lower class and middle class are not being paid the amount of money that they need to be paid to even live like we're surviving out here I'm trying to thrive you know what I'm saying I want to thrive I want my people to thrive and we're all just out here surviving (laughs) taking it one day at a time which again that's what we should do so we don't become overwhelmed but that's a problem within itself these jobs need to pay more these jobs need to have health benefits these jobs need to create work cultures and work environments. That's one of the things that we talked about in my major. My major is hospitality and management tourism, stuff like that. And HTM, baby. And um, we went over consistently 
that, you know, the customer is important, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff, which is true, not skimming over that, but also about, it's not just finding like good employees from the boss perspective, but it's also as a company, as a boss, and as a culture and higher management, because you don't even have to be the CEO. You can be a manager at a regular level. You know what I mean? You could just be a team leader. And it's important for everybody to work together to create a work culture and environment that people are comfortable to go in. Like, it's the same thing like when you come home. If you don't, if you're coming home, it's like nagging this and that, this and that, or always yelling, arguing, fighting, different things, you don't want to come home. If you go to work and it's the same messiness, arguing, yelling, fighting, all of this, you're going to be like, damn, I don't want to be at home or work or vice versa, one or the other. You know what I mean? Like, you have to do it. And I don't think it should just be in work. I think schools should do a better job at making kids want to be there. Like, you're forcing me to get this education, but you're either making it boring or you're putting so many restraints and rules and I can I can go off into a whole tangent about schools that I'm not going to go into but the point is is that the blame should not be shifted back on the employee and I see nothing wrong with people going to do their jobs that they were hired to do and not going above and beyond now if an employee chooses to go above and beyond good for them you know ain't nobody knocking them nobody is saying that no you shouldn't do that it's a personal choice and a personal preference but i know over here in america we have a problem with letting people choose to do what they want to do you know unless it's something harmful like passing covid back and forth and killing people then they have no problem with deciding my body my choice with that okay so companies get a lot better work cultures need to be a lot better these jobs are trash but they want the best employees and you don't even have an environment that will yield those results and it seems like more of an employer problem a company problem than employees and shout out to the employees and the workers for knowing your worth for standing up for leaving these jobs for requiring to be paid more and for not saying that I'm not going to be burnt out in a job that doesn't give a flying f about me and then I still have to go home and pour into my kids kids, my spouse, my friends, myself. Hello. It's not even just about pouring in other people. I still got to have the energy to pour into myself. You think I'm going to give it all to you? No. Because what in the hell do you give to me? Pour into me. These companies not even pouring back into these employees. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. The next thing that I want to talk about is things that I would have told my younger self. Have you guys ever self-reflected and thought like, hmm, now that I'm older, what is something that I would have told my younger self? Have you guys done that? I'm curious. I do that quite often, actually. And I was recently pondering this the other day. And I do try to check back in with this question because as we get older and we experience more in life, we learn more as we encounter new people we learn more, we experience more, we experience new and different. And um, new, just a reminder, new is not always bad and new is not always scary. It can feel scary, but sometimes it can turn out to be the biggest and best blessing ever. So I try to reflect on this question often just to, you know, check in with my inner child, analyze my life, check in with the trauma, continuously heal and all these things. And here are some of the recent ones that I came up with. And the first thing that I would have told my younger self is adults have no idea what they're doing. They're going with the flow too. 
Um, when we're little, we look at adults and we think, oh my goodness, they are killing it. They're doing great, blah, blah, blah. I can't wait to grow up and have my life together. Oops. <laughs> Spoiler alert. They have no idea either. Spoiler alert. We're all out here yellow. <laughs> Everybody is really on their own. Now, of course, we have friends and different community and family members if we're lucky if scratch that if we're lucky please if we're blessed if we're blessed we have a community or at least one to two people that we can go to there are some people who don't have that and um I don't think we should ever minimize that or forget that fact because then it'll make us take our people for granted. Like, oh, it's so normal because my people have people, the people around me have people, but everybody does not have that. You know what I mean? And if you have one or two, as Bishop T.D. Jakes would say, you are a blessed person. All right. So spoiler alert, um, you still have no idea what you're doing. And I think the conclusion that I'm coming up with in my 20s is that I will never officially have it all figured out. And it was set up and designed this way on purpose. And at this point, I'm trying to accept that fact, learn to go with the flow with that and just live life. You know what I mean? Just live life. Second one, everybody has trauma. Try to look at what happened to them. Not why are they doing that or why did they do that? You know what I mean? When we, this was such a eye-opening statement. I think I first heard Oprah talk about it and I can't remember where she got it from. She got it from somewhere else. Um, but I remember hearing that and it stuck with me. I don't know if it's that aqua to aqua connection, but it just stuck with me and it really made me think like, wow. Because I'm all, I'm very interested, as you guys can tell, I'm interested in like trauma and and triggers and healing and just deep thought-provoking things of why humans react the way they do, why they respond the way they do, and so forth and so on. So when she said that statement, try to look at what happened to them. It kind of shifted the way I looked at human beings. Like, you know, we always say humans, you're humans, and blah, 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 and give room for mistakes and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes when you say it so often, it kind of becomes routine to say, and you kind of forget the meaning behind the actual statement of humans are humans. Because when somebody hurts you, you got to remember, oh, humans are human. Um, when we fail at different things, like us personally, we have to remember like, oh, humans are humans. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. I think sometimes we say it so often, we just forget the meaning behind it. So what happened to them shift my perspective. It reminded me of humans are humans. You know what I'm saying? But it also made me take another deeper look into it on another level because what happened to a person we're not all just out here reacting just because we feel like it now some people can do that when they want to be dramatic or whatever but even that what happened to that person to make them want to be dramatic to make them want this level of attention what is that inner child screaming help me help me let me be seen. Let me be seen. You know what I mean? Like even the craziest reactions where we're like, oh, this mother is sick in the head. You know what happened? Even when it comes to trigger warning real quick, even when it comes to certain like child molestation cases or people who rape people. And I'm not saying this is the excuse that at no point 
is it ever okay? Let's period, point blank. At no point is it ever okay. At no point is there really an excuse for it, point blank, period, wrong. But if we look into the deeper statistics and the minds of like serial killers and rapists and different things like that, what happened to them? Because in a lot of these cases where they talk about like sexual assault and something, they were sexually assaulted. It was put off on them. It was done to them and it's been passed down. It's almost like a generational curse or a pattern that may not be necessarily running in the family, but somebody needs to put a halt to it. You know what I mean? Or even if it's not running in your family, if you know someone that's like been through it or something, or you just grow up and you realize that a lot of us, yes, there are so many things that make us different, but there are also so many things that make us similar. And we have to find, here's the thing with humans. We have to find the stuff that makes us similar because that helps us feel seen. That helps us feel heard. That helps us feel understood, right? But our differences we have to dial it down all the way back on judging differences, you know, and that's sometimes even I have to work on it because sometimes stuff is so different and out of the box for me that I'm like, yeah, you're weird. <laughs> and that's not nice. That is not nice. You know, I can't do that. We should, instead of judging our differences, we should try to find either common ground in the differences or really just understand why do you think that way? What helped you see the world this way? What shaped your perspective on this situation? You know what I mean? And you'd be surprised about the different things that influence people. It may be similar to something that influenced you. It may not be. But we should try to learn to be respectful of our differences and be happy about the similarities. That if they're toxic similarities, both acknowledge it and both go get help. But if it's good... You know, just be happy that somebody out there gets it. I think that's one of the biggest things with humans. We all want to be seen, heard, and just acknowledged and understood. You know what I mean? Like, you get me? You get me. There's another one of us little humans running around, and you get me. You see me. You understand me. It's nothing like being understood, especially by a human, right? And the third thing I would say is healing and growth is a never-ending process. Um, when I really started doing deep work and understanding what healing is, what it looks like for me, how it changes throughout life, how it changes depending on the situation, circumstance, different seasons, so forth and so on. Um, you just, you realize like it never stops. Healing and growth never stops. It's a consistent process. I'm going to be consistently healing and growing until God calls me home. Seriously. And I think all of us, I would say will, uh, but we're not, I would say should. I think one of the most dangerous things you can do in this life is become stagnant and stagnant in the area of giving out love, pouring out love into others, stagnant in the area of wanting to grow in life and stagnant in the area of just consistently healing because all of us change throughout life. Even the best people that you know become different people in different seasons at different times of their life. And if they're consistently growing and healing, they're not supposed to be the same person. Um, so yeah, you know that you always hear those couples be like, oh, you know, we've been married for 15 years and I woke up and it was a different person. I'm sure there's life has happened. Um, they may have finally discovered who they are. Like we all discovered different things at different times and the healing 
never stops. Never, never stops. But the work that goes into healing and growth is definitely worth it. We can't get so comfortable with being comfortable that we stay stagnant because we're just cheating ourselves out on everything that life has to offer and all the blessings that God has to give, right? So those are my three things. And I would challenge my BK family this week to reflect on, we'll say three. What are three things? And if you can't come up with three, try to come up with one. What's one thing that now that you're older, no matter if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, if you have just started your 20s, all of us were children once, what is something at the current age that you're at and now that you're older, what's something that you would go back and tell your younger self? goodness. All right. And the final thing that I want to talk about is giving grace for others, giving grace for others. Um, we ask God for grace all the time. God spare me. God forgive me. God, please. You know, I didn't mean it. You know, my heart, we, he gives us an unlimited amount of grace that he pours out. He gives us mercy and grace and thank God for both. You know what I mean? And then I realized in my journey on learning to forgive even some of the worst people to me, um, forgiveness is a constant. I used to think like, and maybe this is just very ignorant and naive of me, but when he, when I first started my forgiving process, I thought like forgiveness was, okay, come to the conclusion, you're forgiven, that's it. Okay, that person messed up again. Whoa, 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 whoa. I already forgave you. Are you crazy? <laughs> you know? And see, now that I'm talking out loud, it's making me think of the whole, what I said earlier. We say humans are humans, right? But then we forget the importance and the meaning of humans being human. Because right there in that moment when that person messed up again, and then I, I don't mean for people that I love or that people close to me, I'm good at extending grace. Now, do I have moments of getting fed up with extending grace? Absolutely. Or where I feel like I want to shut down? Absolutely. We know that. But it's a lot easier. And I mean, a duh, to give grace to people that you love and that you care for. But what helped me on my forgiveness journey was when you have to forgive people who you don't like, or when you have to forgive people who go out of their way to be evil to you even if you're trying to be nice, even if you're trying to be good and they still go out of their way to be evil with you, you know, like those kind of things or people that do things that's so highly disrespectful, you're like, nah, mother, never again, never again can I rock with you kind of stuff, you know? And in that moment, I should have been able to realize that humans are human, but I guess I'm literally coming to the conclusion now that even I have forgot the meaning of that, you know, even at certain points and different things that have been kind of, it had, I say it, but was it empty in those different things? Or why didn't that trigger me to be like, humans are human, you know, people are going to mess up in that moment. This was in the beginning of my forgiveness journey. I thought, okay, I forgive you, especially if it's something real serious and major, don't you dare even have the balls of the audacity 
to cross me or try me like that on that level again. Even if you don't do the exact same thing, don't you dare have the balls to try to (laughs) do anything on that level again, right? That's how it was in the beginning for me. First of all, that just sounds like ego talking. If we're just being honest, that sounds like my ego talking. Second of all, that sounds like a defense mechanism of, oh, I felt this pain before. I'll be damned if I feel this level of pain again. Because fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, mm, shame on me, right? You know what I mean? And I used to think, okay, forgive, done. Don't try it again. You do it again. Oh, you're just a shitty fucking person, right? Again, that's not the humans are human, right? Uh, Also, I had to understand that, first of all, if I had just opened my Bible and read it, and went to the Bible for the answers and forgiveness instead of culture and different things and just listening to just people. And it's not to say that people in my life didn't have it right. It's just that pretty much all the answers that we're looking for, that we look for um, from each other, it's in the Bible. And maybe we can help each other break it down and explain it the right way and different things. And even when you hear somebody say something from the Bible, including me, always go back and pray and ask God is this what you mean by this? Because scripture can mean different things at different times for different people. You know, the Bible is the only book you read it and it start reading you. All right. So like I said, had I opened my Bible and really understood that forgiveness, you forgive a certain amount of times. I guys, I don't want to quote the number wrong, but I think it was like 70 times seven. And I don't even remember the scripture right now. And if I have the number wrong for all you, you really highly particular people about the Bible, sorry, I apologize. <laughs> if you know the answer, good for you. I'll give you a cookie. Just kidding. No, I won't. Um, You know what I mean? It, but it wasn't just 70 times seven to have an exact number. Not only was it 70 times seven, I think a day, a day, the point was to not, when he gets to that certain amount, like, yeah, good, no going back for you. You're just trash. That's what it is. You're the epitome of it, blah, blah, blah. It was so we could lose count. So we could lose count of the amount of times that we have to forgive a person, of the amount of times that we have to extend grace for a person. Because, I mean, it just is what it is. We all consistently need grace. We all consistently need forgiveness. And I say that all to say that that is how I've started to try to look at grace as well. Like I know God gives me consistent grace, but how can I exemplify what he pours into me to other humans in my life, whether I love them or not? That is the journey that I'm on. That is what I'm working through. And I'm trying to look at it from the perspective of forgiveness. So forgiveness is 70 times seven on a daily. Again, not to keep actually calculate that number and be like, when they get there, you're fucked as a human being. It's so we can lose count and so we can know that. Just do it. Do it. You're not going to remember, but okay, they messed up today. Cool. They'll probably mess up tonight. Cool. Forgive them. Cool. Forgive them. And kind of the same way with grace. Cool. Give grace. Cool. Give grace. And it's not to say be a doormat. Let people walk all over you. I am a firm believer in boundaries. People try to get on to me about boundaries. People be like, it's unforgiveness. No, no, no. I can forgive and still have boundaries. I have enough love for myself to not want to be consistently violated by certain different things, different people. I know my level of capacity of violation that I can take before it pulls me out of character and I act out of my flesh and not out of the fruits of the spirit. 
that's me moving out of wisdom. You know what I mean? In order for me to be the best version of me, there are some boundaries that I have to have so people don't consistently violate me and want to bring out the worst, right? I don't even want the worst of me to come out. Like I would like (laughs) to be on my best behavior. I would like to exhibit the fruits of the spirit. I'm not at the place where you should be smart enough to test that out because depending on the day and the moment, anybody can get it, right? And then I'm going to have to, you know, ask for that grace and forgiveness that I can't be cheap and stingy with myself when it comes to extending and giving it. So that's what I'm trying to get through, giving grace to others. I'm trying to look at it from that perspective of forgiveness to lose count. You know what I mean? Because we all have our moments. And imagine when it comes from people that you love to death and you're like, oh, shit, not you. You're talking reckless. You're walling out. But I think another thing that really helps me in life is just realizing that life is not black and white. Life is not black and white. Humans are not black and white. There are so many gray areas in life. And if we saw life more as gray versus black or white, I think we all could find more common ground and understand each other and be more willing to give consistent grace and forgiveness because there would be room and margin for error. You know what I mean? And there are people, we all are humans. We're emotional beings first. So we have... And I don't care whether you're male or female, like you're built with emotions, whether you're taught to not tap into your emotions, whether you're taught to shut down your emotions and so many other factors. That's a whole nother thing. But again, going into all the gray areas, but we are made up of emotions. Like, I don't care if you have a penis or vagina, like men don't get a pass. They have emotions. They just don't tap into their emotions in the same way, nor are they given the safe space to tap into their emotions the same way. Because God forbid it, they did. Oh, you're too weak. Oh, you're too feminine. Oh, you're too this. First of all, all human beings have masculine and feminine energy. The goal is to be balanced in both, not leaning more toward the right, not leaning more toward the left. All right. Shout out to all my Libras. We need our scales balanced. Right. I'm not a Libra. I'm an Aquarius, but I'm just saying shout out to the Libras right? They are people who like to have their scales balanced. They are people that like to have it balanced out. When something is tilted more to the left or to the right too much, they feel out of whack, understandable. Kind of like the same thing, right? Um, We all need to be in our just divine energy of masculine and feminine and be able to, I always think of it like a sexy little dance. Like when I need to lead, lead. When I want my spouse to lead or my partner to lead, they lead. And the same way when it comes to my masculine and feminine energy. When I want to be feminine, I be feminine. When I want to be masculine or need to be masculine, I do that. And there's always this, um, women are too masculine these days. Do you think we want to be? It's exhausting to be in your masculinity all the time. And for men, there are men that are coming out and also saying how exhausting it is either. They want to be held like babies. They want to have a safe space to be like, damn, you know what? I'm, I'm out here trying to provide. I'm still young or maybe I'm older and I'm still out here trying to provide. And now I have to figure out how to meet the needs of not just me, but my family, my spouse, my this, my kids, my that. I got to show up and be there for the community. I got to show up and like men go through a lot too. Why do you think all of a sudden people want to pay attention to men's mental health? Well, we've taught them to shut down their emotions and this and that, right? 
(laughs) And then when they have these issues or they have these breakdowns, we're like, oh my goodness, how did this happen? Why did this happen kind of thing, right? Leave it to me to forget that the air is going to come on and blast. And I never know how loud it's going to be until after I go back and listen. So the point is, is I'm trying to give grace. Like I give forgiveness. I'm trying to lose count and I'm trying to give grace not only to my people, but to the people who don't deserve it. Because humans are human. There are a lot of gray areas in life. And um, there are a lot of gray areas in us. And we need consistent, we all need consistent growth and healing. So I have to give grace for, you know, that to take place. Because healing and growth looks different on all of us. And it just is what it is. We all go through different things. Some handle some stuff better than others. But we all can handle everything that is thrown at us. Because God would never give us more than we can handle. So that was my point before I went off on my tangent about the other stuff. But it was some good, important, and needed stuff that we needed to talk about. All right, guys. So that's all the time that we have today on BK. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure you follow the official BK page at blank underscore canvas official. Comment on some things that you want me to talk about. Send me in some questions that you guys want me to answer. As always, thank you guys so much for all your support. Can't wait to see what we talk about next time. All right, guys. Bye.